you know what I'm not good at? Boundary setting. Probably just like you. Backstory. I'm a child of immigrants. I grew up in a home where boundaries were not a thing. Period. My mom, my dad, and my sister and I love to be enmeshed in each other's beautiful lives. Our successes, our failures, our hopes, our dreams were all raveled together, perfectly enmeshed into a beautiful boundaryless mess. The best part of all, these boundaries transcended beyond our little family unit of four. Boundaries weren't really a thing in our larger family structure or even within the community of brown people that we connected with. As I grew up, I learned that living like that, so perfectly enmeshed into one another, was simply not normal or even true for every household. And when I saw people who had a strong sense of boundary setting, I took it as being mean. I didn't understand that boundaries could be the key to a healthy and safe life. Choosing to understand your boundaries is, to me, one of the keys of building the foundation of self-love. Knowing what your yes and no's are, understanding what you will and will not allow is so critical to living a better than fine life. I know, I'm not the only one who had no sense of how to create boundaries, who still struggles to maintain boundaries and definitely doesn't know how to communicate their boundaries. And that's really not fine, is it? Hey, I'm Rachel, and this is the It's Fine Podcast. Today, I am talking to Ty Chamber, a life coach dedicated to empowering individuals to live their best lives by helping people connect the dots of toxic behavior and create healthy boundaries. On this episode, we'll talk about where our lack of boundaries might come from, how to set boundary foundations, some of the tactics people use to cross our boundaries, and what's at risk if we don't set boundaries. If you're interested in learning more about Ty and her work on boundaries, she has a course called Boundary Foundation. I spent 45 minutes with her and was absolutely blown away by her heart and passion for boundary setting, especially for women of color. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Having grown up in a world where my voice was not important and should have been not necessarily silenced, but like quieter. And there were certain archetypes where you know, the folks who might be a little bit more subdued oh, yeah. and didn't say too much versus I always had a voice. I always shared what I thought and I got a lot of heat for it. Right there. You get in trouble. So you learn. You learn to be quiet. Right. And then when you go against the grain, you get hit at every turn when you do things that don't fit into the status quo or into yes. the enmeshment of either it be a family system or a community. How have you thought about seeing in your past where these boundary patterns came from or your lack of boundaries came from? In our own personal journeys, they can vary so much, but it all boils down, I think, to our inner child, really. Just those beginning foundational years in if we really think about it, it can expand up into your adolescence, even to your early adulthood, I think. When you learn boundaries, when you learn how to do them well, it's almost like a rite of passage and you feel like, okay, now I'm actually an adult, which tells me that I have been operating for, very, for a very long time from my little child self. And if I go back, what are those things specifically like you asked? Well, I didn't have a voice. In fact, it's kind of strange because I did. The women in my family were very vocal. Like they were very strong women. They could say what they wanted. Yeah. They knew how to stand firm with what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. 
However, what I also saw happening was a lot of women carrying the weight of men. Now, this is not a bash against men and women, but this is just in my personal experience. I saw them carrying the weight and they carried it well. But the people that they were carrying the weight for never took responsibility. I learned that you should opt to carry the responsibility of someone else if they held a certain position in your life. So for instance, if they're your parent, if they're doing something that is not sitting well with you, but it can cost you or them, you just deal with it. You carry it, you get it done. If they're your teacher or your sibling or somebody you're in a romantic relationship, I learned that it's okay to do that. And I also learned, like you said, if you push back too much, then you will probably end up getting hit for it. And so as a little girl spanning from, I would say probably around eight, because I think that around eight years old is when I can remember some pretty traumatic things starting to happen to me. One of the reasons why our boundaries are, I would say, eroded because we naturally have boundaries. I have a four-year-old that is really quick to say, I don't like that. That's not nice. You're not being fair. So when we're really young, we know how to say what we don't like. We don't want to share. We don't want to do this. It, it comes naturally to us. However, we then become conditioned to not say anything. We become conditioned to okay, I know if I say this, this person reacts a certain way. They're always nasty to me when I try to say, I don't like that. Or they take something from me or they yell at me. So we become conditioned to quiet ourselves. And I think for me and for many other people, my clients included, if we go back and we look at those areas in our lives where we felt most, where we felt smallest, someone made us feel small, those are usually the areas that we have the most fragile boundaries in. Yeah. As you were talking, I was just kind of thinking about what were some of the experiences that I have. And I think there's so many that I can think of. But one I do want to share that I think has been like a huge challenge, quite frankly, something I still deal with is that I really struggled as a young person to have to protect the emotions mm -hmm. of my parents. And so when was a young person, I learned that if I push boundaries, if I do things that make people uncomfortable, there will be pushback. There will be frustration. There will be anger and emotional, I want to say violence towards me, right? Because that's really what it was. And I think as I became an adult, it made me hyper vigilant to overthink everything that other people around me are doing. To have to make sense of somebody who is unable to communicate clearly, yeah. right? To always be thinking five, 10, 15 steps ahead. And when you're doing that, it creates this intense amount of anxiety because you're constantly trying to overthink and you're in your head constantly to try to figure out where to be. I had a boss who was yelling at me at work. He was always nitpicking every little thing that I would do. We would sit in a conversation and we would be working together and he would point out every flaw, every failure, right? And I would get obviously very frustrated, very emotional mm -hmm. and trying to hold back my emotions, right? Because I'm in a professional environment. I remember there was one moment and I like to believe that I carry a ton of integrity and I don't lie. And I honestly, quite frankly, I have a hard time with it. I, in the middle of that workplace interaction, tried to fix it on the back end while he was talking to me because I was so emotionally riled up 
And I remember after that moment hanging up and crying because I realized right. how anti my own values I had behaved, right? I allowed this person to overstep a boundary by pushing me in this way. And I didn't have the tools to say, hey, this is how I want you to interact with me. I experienced one, just like yeah. emotional turmoil, but I also behaved out of sure. my own character, out of the integrity of who I wanted to be. And that's why I believe this conversation on boundaries is so important because one, we have to protect ourselves to be able to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. I think sometimes we fail to realize that some people cross boundaries yeah. unintentionally. That's fair. So we do it sometimes and we don't realize we're doing it. But many times if somebody continuously crosses your boundary, you have to know that they have no desire to respect your boundaries, right? So in those situations and circumstances, it's quite telling that this person may, in fact, just be trying to get a reaction out of you. And when people consistently cross boundaries, I'm going to label that in the toxic lane. When people consistently cross boundaries, then it does push on our emotions. And what boundaries do is to allow you to be more objective about things, the skill of boundaries. I have found that we tend to think of boundaries like a sparring match. Boundaries are something that we use as a defensive tool. This person is crossing the line, so now I have to try to figure out how to push this person out of my, my circle or get them to stop doing what they're doing. However, we all are entitled to foundational rights and foundational boundaries. I want to preface this by saying it's no one's fault. If someone is out there listening, even you and I, we probably have been at a place before where we've said to ourselves, man, oh, I just, I don't know how to do this. I know I have to have better boundaries. And we beat ourselves up because we are in this position. We're highly emotional. All of our emotions and our thoughts, they're just going crazy because we are being bombarded by somebody disrespecting the essentially who we are, right? It helps to say to yourself, look, I've never learned the skill of boundaries. Boundaries are not something that we're taught. So if you don't have strong boundaries, if you have fragile boundaries, we don't ask the question, why don't you have strong boundaries? Why would you have strong boundaries? You've never been taught that. So give yourself grace, right? Because boundaries are a skill. Understanding that boundaries are a skill, we now can move to saying to ourselves, we don't have to use boundaries as a defensive strategy. Boundaries should, in my opinion, be looked at like a foundation. Let's call it, for the sake of the conversation, a home. We know that if you are in your house, it does not matter who's coming to see you. They all have to go the same way, right? They all have to walk to your door. They knock on the door. You choose to answer or not. There are some people that have more access to your home than others. They may have a key. They can come into your living room. Some can come in your bedroom, but not everybody gets access. When we begin to look at boundaries, just like a set of guidelines that protect the best parts of ourselves, then we can now say, once we have those guidelines, we don't have to fight people on an individual basis. Yeah. Because let's face it, the way we have been doing boundaries, it's a fight. It's a fight. It's a sparring match. And if you're dealing with somebody who's constantly doing that, like you said, your boss, they're constantly nitpicking every little thing. This, this means it's a patterned behavior of theirs to expect them doing this. They have no desire to respect your boundaries at all, which means every time you try to exert your boundaries with the old model, you're going to lose because they don't fight fair.
right? And you being a kind person, a person of integrity, this is not the way you operate. So you come in with a losing advantage. When you have a foundation of boundaries, it doesn't matter the person or the situation. You have a set of guidelines and everyone has to come to those guidelines and they either fit or align or they don't, which means some people get turned away at the gate. Others get the access to come in. If you see someone has a pattern of crossing boundaries on someone else, you can expect them to cross boundaries with you. Having those foundational boundaries from the very start enable you to protect yourself. I've definitely seen boundaries as like a one-to-one relationship. Like yeah. I have a specific boundary that I set with my dad or a specific boundary that I set with a coworker or a friend or whoever it might be. I love this way of thinking because one of the things that has come up as I've worked with so many different people through the podcast is that we really do have to evaluate like what our values are as an individual sure. to be able to live a better than fine life, right? We can get very deep in like, okay, these are my values and this, but I want to make it even simpler than that because there are areas in everyone's life that touch each of us the same. Yeah. Now, how we measure the weight of those things may be different, but there are foundational things that we all have to deal with. I teach five basic principles, right? So these are the areas that anyone in my, you know, anyone that attempts to cross your boundaries, they're gonna touch these areas, okay? They're your personal choice, so which means you have the right to choose what you desire to do, when you desire to do it, with whom, however, that's your choice, okay? Then there's your time. Your time belongs to you. That's yours. Then there's your money and your resources. Money is pretty self-explanatory. Resources is a bit broader. I'm not just talking about your things. I'm talking about all of it. Your talent, your connections, your influence. That is yours, which means if someone tries to say, oh, I told my sister that you would do this for them or you would give them X, Y, or Z, that's crossing the boundary of your resources because you didn't ask, you just told somebody that they can do that. So these, this is what I mean with by foundational boundaries. The fourth one would be your history. And all your history means is your business, your story, your past, your present, which you're currently doing, and your future. How many times have you had someone feel entitled to knowing what you got going on? It's not their business. And so sometimes we get into this space or this position where we feel like just because of who they are and the tactics they're using, most of the time it's jade and fog, which I can touch on that if you'd like yeah. me to. But because of the tactics they're using, we feel that we need to tell them. But this is a foundational boundary. You don't have to. And when you understand that somebody keeps pushing at that area, oh, okay, hold on. They're trying to break in my window. We don't recognize that as being someone crossing your boundary. Yeah. But when you understand your foundational boundaries, you see it very clearly yeah. and very quickly, okay? And then the final one is your body self. And your body self just means anything that affects you, your mind, body, and soul, yeah. which means if, some, if you're dealing with someone who constantly leaves you in a state of confusion, that's affecting your mind, yeah. which is affecting your body state, which is crossing a boundary. If you have someone who was giving unsolicited, icky comments that are slimy and, and creepy or sexual, that's crossing your sexual self, your physical self. That's crossing a boundary. 
when you can look at these five foundational boundaries and break those down and then measure them and start to weigh them based on how your values fit with them, I'm telling you almost instantly you can see whether or not someone is going to be more safe for you to interact with versus more unsafe or toxic for you to interact with. And the more you get familiar with your own foundational boundaries, which is the house that you live in, you'll easily identify whether or not you want to give somebody the key to come in. I love this framework because I feel like it touches on everything that you need to really get a hold of as you think about your adult life. I want to share an example of a time where I just recently set some boundaries. So my partner and I are going through fertility treatment. I struggle quite a bit to protect my energy because I know that one of my gifts, right, one of my resources, my talents is the ability to connect others and to have meaningful connection and to pour into others, right? There was a specific moment that was happening in our family and I there was an expectation that I would show up to support family in a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. I realized I needed to set both a body self boundary, a resources sure. boundary on this moment in time. It didn't mean that I don't love my family and wanted to be there for them. But in this moment in time, when I think of those, you know, I'm going to say number three, money and resources, and number five, body self, I still kind of struggle with like the guilt and like, you know, feeling like yes. I'm not there for them and like they really need me. So sure. how does one kind of navigate the shame, the guilt, all the ugly feelings that come up as you identify like what are your foundational boundaries? I did mention that often there are tactics. Now, if this is, it may or may not be because somebody might be crossing a boundary that is doing it unintentionally. Right. And um, once you kind of have a conversation with them and I, in my class, I teach the like the most simple way to to do that. But sometimes people are just doing this over and over again and they're using tactics. And one of the main tactics that is used is fog. And I'm not sure if you've heard of that before, but it means fear, obligation, guilt. And so often when you are saying something to someone who doesn't want to be held accountable or wants their way and they they want you to behave in a particular way, meaning if you don't, do what I say. I'm going to act up. That's just the bottom line. I'm going to act up. How they act up usually falls into that category. They're going to do something to make you afraid of going against them. They're going to make, say, do, act some way to make you feel obligated to be there for them. Or they're going to make you feel guilty about not being there for them. And if you are able to overcome that, let's say you pull back and you're internally and quietly and silently away from them dealing with those feelings. I will touch back on that in just a second. But if they, if you are able to, okay, I know you're using fog here. I'm just going to deal with this on my own. Often they'll come in with a second line of defense, which is jade. And jade is where they are doing whatever they can to get you to justify, argue, defend, or explain yourself. Now, ultimately, because these people are pretty good at getting what they want, on a continual basis, particularly if you're already in a pattern with them, they know how to push certain buttons. So if they can get you, essentially what Jade does is get you back into the feeling of fog. You have to tell me why you're not showing up for me. How dare you not show up for me? Do you think that, so they're gonna do whatever they can, call, text, show up to your door. You gotta explain yourself. How could you do this to your mom? How could you do this to your sister? How could you do this to your best friend? And as you explain yourself, 
you'll find yourself falling right back into those deeper feelings of obligation and guilt. So those two tactics go hand in hand to get you to do what they want you to do and keep you in a pattern. Now, here's what we often have to understand. Many times we're in a trauma bond, which is a whole nother conversation. But for the sake of the argument or the conversation, we often have to look at breaking away from people, even if it's like a temporary situation in your case, we have to start thinking about it like detox, not necessarily like I am, I'm choosing to block that energy because sometimes that's really hard. Yeah. Have you ever heard the statistic that it takes seven times for an abuse victim to leave? Yes, I have So heard that. it may not be that extreme. It may not be that extreme where you feel you're being abused and you have to leave the situation. However, inside your body, it may feel that extreme. You may be feeling some intense amount of guilt or shame or obligation. And that intensity is akin to detox. And the thing is, if we don't really realize it or think of it in that way, meaning we're going to have to ride this out, it's okay to feel the shame. It's okay to feel the guilt and it's okay to feel the fear, all of it. Also understand that most of the time you've been conditioned to feel it. Yeah. So you're feeling it because someone pushed that button in you. And if you can just continue to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to feel this, but I'm going to sit in this feeling and ride this wave of feeling out because If I don't, this exact feeling will drive me back into the pattern. So we have to begin to say to ourselves when we're sitting in those feelings, it's okay for me to sit in this feeling Mm -hmm. as long as I don't allow this feeling to drive me back. Yeah. Ultimately, it comes down to this is when we do not have boundaries, right? What has caused this is a learned behavior, right? This could be years and years and years of built uplessness, right? A big boundaryless mess. Right. Yes. And I think one thing that I love about what you shared is that sometimes we just got to be okay with feeling shitty about protecting ourselves. Right. And I think that to your point, even if you set a boundary once, you will probably feel these kind of negative feelings over and over again until one day you just don't. And I think this is true of changing any negative behavior. Like you're going to feel bad. And there is nothing wrong with feeling bad when you know what your foundational values and your foundational boundaries are. I think you should celebrate if you're feeling bad because you know you're doing something for yourself that actually means something, right? I feel very strongly about like trying to heal generational trauma, trying to change cycles of generational trauma, right? The only way to do that is to do something different. The stronger you become in your own boundaries, the more you're just not going to, you're going to see it doesn't resonate. What boundaries do is they change the power dynamics. So in those situations where someone is pushing this button because they know it causes you to cave, what anyone listening should understand about this is that when you choose to say, I'm not going to play the same role that I've been playing in this act, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to sit with these feelings and I'm going to ride them out and I'm not going to cave. You can expect, particularly if this person is used to getting their way with you over a whatever, however long the pattern's gone on. If they're used to getting their way with you, you can expect 
it to get worse yeah. before it gets better. Wow. Okay. And that's often one of the hardest things. Sometimes your grief will feel like, and in this particular moment, we're not speaking about grief, but I'm going to use this analogy because it's those feelings you will feel yeah. when they hit back because they will. And sometimes it's not as it's dramatic or traumatic as changing the locks and putting you out and doing all that. Sometimes it's passive aggressiveness. Sometimes it's spreading gossip. Sometimes it is befriending your friends simply to isolate you. There's so many different ways this can happen. But to fortify your own self, to prepare your own self, you may begin to think of it in ways. Look, I'm feeling this guilt. I'm feeling this shame. I'm feeling this loneliness. I'm feeling this fill in the blank. But today it feels like a capsiding wave, a capsiding wave. I feel like I'm going to drown. Tomorrow, it may feel the same. But one day, eventually, it will feel like a small tide hitting against your ankles. And at other times, you'll simply be able to sit at the sand and watch the water yeah. because you'll see what's happening, but it won't affect you the same way. Yeah. I think one of the things I've heard from folks who struggle with this is, well, what if I lose, you know, my parent or my spouse or, you know, a best friend if I do this? Yeah. What is your advice on that? I have often said to others and to myself, what if you gain? Yeah. What do you have to gain? And so for me personally, I have lost a lot of people, a lot of people. I no longer have a solid relationship with my father, although it surfaced. I would call that like a low contact relationship, not a no contact relationship. But I lost pretty much everyone. And that was the biggest fear of mine, the biggest fear. I began to see that I was holding myself back in many areas because I didn't want to lose. And so I would say to someone, if a person, anyone, your mother, I think we put a lot of weight on who it is in our lives. If we were to objectively look at individuals as individuals, not put the weight of who they are to us, it's not subjective, but objectively, this is an individual. If we could say to ourselves or ask ourselves, if this person is okay with doing this to me, do they deserve the keys to my house, right? If someone is okay with you being a small version of yourself, they don't deserve your open door. Mm. That is the hardest thing for us to, particularly those of us that have kind hearts, yeah. that are very giving, loving, empathic. It's hard because you want to say, I don't want to be mean, but we have to learn to protect the best parts of ourselves. Because if we don't, and we're giving access to those people who chip away at the best versions of ourselves, we may not have anything good to give to anyone else. Because over time, I'm sure you have interacted with some people who have been, they were like, you may have known them 20 years ago. You meet them today and it's like, what happened to them? They are so beat down that they are recluse. They don't want to talk to anybody. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to be in another relationship because they've given access to the wrong people. Like, I'm literally like, my heart is like, yes, absolutely. Like, I want to like sing praises to the Lord. Like, what do I just do? I could not agree more. I think this is really hard because I definitely yeah, have is. gone through 
moments in my life, like you don't want to lose like your birth parents. You don't want to lose a spouse who, you know, you love and ultimately, you know, especially if there are kids involved or things like that, right? Or a best friend that you've known forever, right? These are histories and histories of relationships. But one of the things that I've always thought about is that if you could be okay with losing them in the short term and experiencing that sadness, right? But Mm -hmm. hold on to your foundational boundaries. What better relationships could come and what healing moments could come and what people can you bring into your life if they already can come into your house and you know without a doubt that they're not going to break anything of value. Ty, as we close, what would you say to somebody who says, it's fine, I don't want to set boundaries. I give in too easily to Jane and Fogg. It's too much for me. What would you say to that person? I would say that you have too much to offer yourself and to this world to allow the wrong people to just break you down. I think that many of us do not quite understand how bright of a sun we are. Like we are sunshine to many people's lives, but you can't be that if you insist on letting someone cloud your days all the time. You deserve that. You are entitled to that. Imagine the happiness and the joy that is on the other side, even if it doesn't feel like you could ever get there. Dream of it because it belongs to you. And if you've already been through a lot of boundary crossing, just know you've, uh, you've paid in full for your happy life. So do not stop before receiving your reward. Thank you so much, Ty. It's such an honor to have you here. I can't wait to see how many lives you touch with your Boundary Foundations you. course. Thank you very much. I asked that question about the risk of losing others with boundaries because I know it's the main reason why we often choose to live without boundaries. Look, sometimes the people in our lives who we love and hold close to know they can take advantage of us, whether that be involuntary or not. Sometimes we're living with trauma bonds, generations of abuse and mistreatment, and that is no one's fault. I struggle with this a lot because I know that I have more resources than my parents did and my parents' parents, and that can be really hard to swallow. What we do have the power over is to change our story, stop trauma in its tracks. It might mean losing a little bit or maybe even a lot in the short term. But don't you think you're worth it? Don't be afraid to lose things in the short term for a life of joy in the future. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me today. It means the absolute world that you would spend time listening to this podcast. Share this podcast with anyone who you think could benefit from the message of not settling for fine anymore. Share it with your sister, your cousin, your friends, your mom, your dog, your partner. I don't care. I would love to get the word out about why we don't have to settle for fine anymore. I can't wait to see you again next week. Talk soon.